kings and our Lord of lords. Oh, Lord, what a peace you bring to us. You alone, you alone, Lord. Glory, glory, glory to thy name. Your word is yea and amen, Father. You set every captive free. Matters not what the issue is. What matters is do we cry out, Abba, Father, we need you. Come and touch us, heal us, make us whole. Lord, for you alone have made us worthy. Oh, Father, to be your daughter, to be your son, to be your bride. Oh, just to be part of the family of God, Lord. You take our breath away. You just take our breath away. Oh, so good, Lord. All the time. All the time. Teach us, Lord, to be more like you. To walk in your ways, to think in your ways. Father, to reach out and touch in faith for healing. Father, for blessings, for joy, for laughter. Father, just to ride that crest of a wave of new life in you. And as we teeter and we totter, Father, and our balance is so off, you're right there just holding us up, saying, I am your teacher. Just rest in me. I will see you through. <laughs> You're so good. Thank you, Papa. Thank you. Wow. Amazing time with him, isn't it? And isn't it exciting to know it never ends? That's what's so cool. It never, ever ends. Oh, my. Mm, 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 mm. Well, I've had an absolutely amazing week, and I hope the rest of you have, too. I'll tell you, Daddy God is just so, wow, he's so good. I missed you all last Sunday. I was busy being ministered to in Leavenworth. About a week and a half ago, I had to go over to Ellensburg, and I had to do a little um, retreat with the commissioners over there. And a couple days before, my, my left knee just blew out blew out. I don't even know how to say it differently. It just, I've never had pain like that. Childbirth was nothing. So yeah, all the women are going, oh my God, I feel sorry for you. I did too. Um, and yet, you know, in the midst of it all, God was there. And um, here I am. I haven't even seen the specialist yet. And do you see me walking with a cane anymore? Well, you guys probably never saw me doing that. Uh -uh. I couldn't do this. I For five days, I couldn't put any pressure on my foot. Can you imagine me laid up five days? Just just say, Randy, lucky guy, it was all for you. <laughs> you know, and I was standing back there, and I just have to tell you, I said, Lord, I said, I still feel some twinges. And I said, they don't feel very holy, and they don't feel very fun, so could you just finish the deal? I said, could you just restore, restore everything right now that the locust and canker worm have eaten? I said, just restore. And he said, can you imagine God going, Pfft. well, you know, he and I have that kind of relationship. <laughs> so when you hear my personality, you go, she's a little on the, the, our God has that side to him too. He likes that kind of girls. And he goes, I'm not going to give you second used parts 
He said, ask me for the best. And I just went, okay, Lord. I said, I don't want it restored. I want brand new. I want it all brand new. And all of a sudden I realized that when I was in a car accident, that was not my fault, but it totaled my car. And I had zero money to buy a car with, zero money. The Lord took me out and had me buy a brand new Kia. It was 2012, brand new Kia. And the guy said, what do you mean you have no money to put down? I said, I don't, but that's the car I want, and I'm going to walk out of here today. It can't be more than $325 a month. And the Lord said, I gave you a brand new car. You trusted me to make the payment every month. Is it not paid off? Has it not been paid off for several years now? And I said, yeah, yeah, Lord, yeah, let's just go for brand new. Let's just go for brand new. And I'm telling you, I mean, to stand back there and to be able to do this, did I do that on Friday when you girls were over? I wasn't that healed yet. Friday, I didn't use my cane much. Yesterday, I worked in a woman's garden, packed soil around, did all kinds of stuff. I'm so excited that that's our father. He's your father, too. And he's your father, and he's your father, and he's your father. He's all of our fathers. Yeah, he wants to talk to you. He's going to have a daddy-son talk very quick. <laughs> He's going to talk to you. I, I just, I mean, I don't need to stand amazed of who he is. I just, I, I just get blown away. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what this was all about. And I don't even have to care anymore. I just want you to be glorified. And I want people who saw when it was a train wreck to go, that's only two weeks later. That's only two weeks later. I mean, they told me I blew my meniscus or what is that? They said, oh, yeah, probably surgery. And I said, well, I'm doing a retreat tomorrow in Ellensburg. Can I still go do that? And my surgeon, I mean, my physician just looked at me and she said, yeah, go rent an electric wheelchair. I'm sure they've got them in Ellensburg. I didn't. Went and bought a cane, and that was so helpful. Man, that cane was and is anointed. So if you're in the process of being healing and you need a good cane, I got it in the car for you. And it's cute. It's cute. Well, how many of you have got something to come up and share today? What's the Lord doing in your life? How is he blessing you? That it can be a blessing to us as well. So hurry up and get out of that chair, you two. Yeah, this is your mother Marilyn speaking. Now is a good time. <laughs> yes, Mom, that's what I want to hear. Thank you. I missed you guys, and I would have run up and hugged everybody, Leslie and Connie and Naira and Kim and everybody else, but I don't, I think I might still be a little bit contagious, so I'm just, I will love you from afar. Hug, hug, hug. So, um, in my, in my own personal prayer time with the Lord, I see myself as just being, uh, you know, being a child. And I don't know if you guys, if when you were a kid, if your mother ever hung clothes on the, on the line. So I remember my mother would do that, and I would, like, run through the damp clothes and put my face up to it. Yeah, and I loved those moments. And then I, and then I could, um, if I put my face close enough, I could kind of see through, um, through whatever the fabric or clothes were. And so in my own personal time with the Lord, that's how I see myself. I see myself tucked in him inside of his clothes, and I'm looking out at the world.
through his through his fabric for you know whatever he's wearing. So and um, so it's a it's a really sweet place. It's and I am not even I'm not required to pray. I'm not required to talk. I'm not required to share. You know, it's just like he's just going about his business, and and I am up close, and. Um, and so if I want to say something, I say something. If I don't want to say anything, I just enjoy his presence. So um, just a few days ago, it was such a busy day. I just, I didn't, I, there was like no time. It was like every moment was scheduled, you know, do this, do this, do this, you know, check off my check marks. And so I'm driving home, and I was, I was like, Father, I'm so sorry. I said, I, I feel like I didn't even, um, I didn't, I don't feel like I even got to connect with you today. And he's like, it's all right, baby. I was tucked in here. So it wasn't about me being in him, but it was about him being in me. I hope I said that right. And that... Um, He's like, you, you're not required to do anything. Just, I enjoy being with you just as much or more than you enjoy being with me. So it was just a sweet, um, it was just a sweet moment that, yeah. yeah. Get there, find it. <laughs> I just got a few things. But good morning, kings and priests. Sorry, I need, to, I need to get through this. Now I'm thinking of the pointy hat with the cross on top that Scott talked about. And now I want one. <laughs> oh, good idea. Um, one thing the Lord showed me is that uh, some, of the, some of us have knowledge or information, but we don't have belief. And what the Lord showed me is is uh, he showed me that leper that came to him. And uh, what the leper said was, says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So which kind of shows me that, you know, he knew the Lord was a healer, but he didn't know he would do it for him. What the Lord did was he reached over and touched him. He said, I'm willing be cleansed. And it says immediately the leper was cleansed. Well, Jesus actually broke the Jewish law at that time by touching the leper. Because at that time, some of the leprosies were very contagious and they had made this law that you cannot come in contact. So why did Jesus do that? Jesus had actually said that the commandments break down into a couple different things. One, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the other one is, love your neighbor as yourself. This looks kind of like a mathematical equation. It's L plus G, love plus God, and then in parentheses or brackets, depending on which way you learned, is Y plus N, yourself and your neighbor. Now when you solve these mathematical problems, oh, and it equals S which I will get into in just a second. But when you do a mathematical problem, you always solve what's in the brackets first in order for the equation to come out. So yourself 
and your neighbor. You need to love yourself as your neighbor as well. You love your neighbor as yourself. You love yourself as your neighbor. If you solve these, love plus God plus your love for yourself and your neighbor equals S, which is salvation. Not just salvation from hell, but salvation from disease, sickness, want. It's, it's a whole gambit. It's everything he paid for. So when you think about it, see yourself the way God sees you. Because he is willing. He is willing to break the Jewish law to touch you and to heal you, to make you whole. He sees us with nothing but love in his heart. So when the enemy comes, comes along and says, you know, you're not worth this, you're not worth that, you start to look at yourself as less, and then you start to put up with things. Sniffles, coughs, aches, pains. The Lord loves you. If you saw your little kid or your grandchild with an ache or pain and you knew you could fix it, would you, would you want it still there? No, he wants it fixed. So, love God, love yourself as your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself equals salvation. So, just close your eyes right now. If you're putting up with something and you're wondering if the Lord is willing he says right now to you, I am willing. Lord, right now we pray for each and every one of our, our people. Yeah. If there's anything, Lord, that is not of the body, yeah. that's causing pain, discomfort, if there's lack, right now in Jesus' name, we say that you come in like a flood. Hallelujah. Healing, wholeness, and abundance are all ours in Jesus' name. And we claim that for each one of us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Well, he just made geometry in 10th grade come to life. I had to wait till I was 72 to get the... I had no idea you read what was in the parentheses first and applied the rest. Oh, my goodness. However, during that prayer time, you know, I, I just love the many facets of the Lord. I, when I closed my eyes, it was like, no, I'm healed. And the Lord just let me go with him. I just did a little soaring through. What I saw was aurora borealis. I saw northern lights. And it was like, the light's on. Do you know what I mean? The light's on. <laughs> it's like, yay, I like that, I like that. Naira, bless us. Morning, family. I just um, wanted to give you an encouraging word. Uh, first of all, when I woke up this morning, um, I just heard the Lord say, God was saying, I come today, today specifically with healing in my hands. When I came in to talk to Scott, Scott says, it's going to be all about healing today. And I said, Thank you, Lord. Um, just really quickly, um, I've been really weary lately. I've been going through the storm. Um, over someone that I really love and who's not making really good decisions. And ordinarily, um, I've kind of trained myself in the Lord to default to him before I start getting on that hamster wheel of worry and anxiety and that leads to despair and no hope. And Connie says, you can be like the frog in the water, and the water starts heating up a little bit. 
sometimes you don't recognize when it's getting really, really hot. And for whatever reason, I think because um, I poured into this person and loved them so much and, and tried to, I had a short period of time to pour everything into them, but I got to the place where really kind of like I was a savior. And I was feeling that uh, weariness and um, almost to the point of believing the enemy that there was no hope for the future. And sometimes it takes those that love you to come alongside you and say, because Deb was talking to me and she said, shift. It's about shift. And see him how God sees him. Don't speak out and repeat the things that are happening, recounting every step of the way and the bad decisions and how this person's feeling and decisions they're making and cementing that, but rather press into prayer. And it always comes down to, Lord, what is this? What, what should my response be? Because the enemy doesn't always bring everything in our lives, but boy, he will step into it and try to use it. And so I had to say, what lies of the enemy am I starting to believe? So just feeling just weary, just bone weary. I went camping um, and thought, okay, I'll get away for a while. And I did a jigsaw puzzle with a friend of mine, and I was just like intent on that. I was going to finish that crossword, that jigsaw puzzle. And that gave me some respite for a little bit. But what I wasn't doing was turning fully to him and laying it at his feet. And uh, so sometimes you need that friend to come along that's that Aaron. And to recognize that. You guys were talking about that last week of, um, you know, seeing somebody and seeing what you, maybe you could step forward and help them. So I woke up this morning completely rested, completely full of joy. I had my combat boots back on again. And I said, no way. Get out of here now. So I just wanted to share that with you. But he has healing in his hands. And he is so willing to dispense that. He loves us. Thank you, Lord, for your good word. Lord, your testimonies that you just bring real people out to our lives to just say, if you didn't see me up there, then see me right here through a testimony. And what I'll do for her, I'll do for you. And what I did for her, I'll do for you. And what I did for her, I'll do for you. I'll do for you. I'll do for you. You have not because you, who's not asking? That's our responsibility is to ask. Even if I ask and I say, Lord, I haven't got faith one right now. I'm a little baby and all I got is poopy diapers. He's like, it's okay. I know how to change diapers. Because he said, that's not the first poopy diaper on you I've ever changed. Oh, there's a little humble pie to just fall into. Who else has a word from the Lord or a testimony that you just want to bless us with? Well, while we're waiting, I want to tell you, as a little kid, I took an, a rock in my eye. We were playing baseball out in the street, and I was the only chick on the block, so, you know, I had to be a boy so I could play. And anyway, uh, so one of the guys hit a rock with a baseball bat and went right in my eye. My eye bled. And from that point on, my whole life, I had a black spot. So when I'd look at Tammy, I'd see her, you know, beautiful white skin, beautiful white hair, and then this black dot. And there'd be one right in the middle of your forehead. Not so pretty you, but, you know, in the middle of your forehead. And all of that. So I took a friend of mine who was a high-level quadriplegic to see Benny Hinn. Back when Benny Hinn was just 
I mean, he was, there was only about 60 of us at this event. So, you know, he was pretty new on, on the go. And we were doing praise and worship, which I just love to get lost in. And I was probably a year old in the Lord, and the Lord poked me and said, open up your Bible. And I said, God, come on, get real. I love praise and worship. Could we do this when it's done? You know, oh, yeah, silly little immature me. He said, no, do it now. Opened up my Bible, and, the, you know, there's the word. Okay, I'm looking, God, what's the big deal? I said, I'm not seeing anything. And he said, that's my point exactly. And I said, well, what, 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 oh my gosh, the black spot was gone. Here's the lesson I learned beyond that, though. I'm at my office down at Department of Licensing, so that had to have been mm, late 70s. And I'm sitting at my secretary's desk, who was just as demonic as anything going, bless her heart. And all of a sudden, I look up, and I see this black dot floating, floating in the air coming right at me. And I, I got to tell you, I, I busted out laughing. <laughs> and I said, seriously, devil? Seriously? Here's the black dot. Because he's always, the enemy's always going to bring it or something right around the corner to see if he can trip you back into his domain. So here's this black dot floating. And when it came to me, it came over on this side. And I rebuked it in Jesus' name. That's about as much as I knew at that point to do. You know, but it, it, the bottom line is, Jesus' name is enough. Just remember that. His name is enough. So here's this black dot coming at me, and I went, no, I, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I said, you and that black dot have to depart from me. And when you go back to your father, the devil who lies, go back and tell him you flunked demonology school because you idiot, you tried to put it on the wrong eye. <laughs> so have some fun as the enemy tries to chase after you because... He's just a liar. Wrong eye. Come on, wrong eye. No, come on. We're not going there. We're just not going there. We're going here. It is a shift time. A shift time. Anybody else testimony? Okay, bless you. I was teasing. I, I mean, I have a testimony, but... That's not what I just wanted to do. So, you know, I felt like in worship that I, I saw the Eiffel Tower, which was kind of like, okay, I was hoping to see your throne. And I saw the Eiffel Tower. And then later on in worship, I was just kind of had my eyes closed and I was seeing waves of blue and green coming out just from his throne or from the structure or whatever. And so I was looking up the Eiffel Tower and I really don't quite know. I need to dig a little deeper, but. <clears throat> the you know Gustav Eiffel, who designed that thing, also helped design the Statue of Liberty. And I just felt like God was saying, structure and mountains and liberty. And I felt like in that, he wants to invite us this morning. He wants to invite you to run unto the mountain of the Lord. Run into the structure. You know, the Bible says the name of the Lord, you just said it, his name is Jesus. That's the name we need to, to confess. And it's the name of the Lord that is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it and are saved or are glad, whatever. We're, we're everything that we need. So he's inviting us this morning. He's inviting you. And if, if you want healing in your body this morning, if you need a measure released to you, I'm going to 
we won't make a long time of this, but if, if you want to stand up and we will just go after it, then, uh, okay, so the rest of you know what to do who are next to these folks standing up, uh, spread them out, and uh, who's standing for prayer and who's, uh, wave your hand if you're wanting the prayer. Okay, two of, three of you, okay, the rest of us will get around. I'm going to watch you guys get around and I'm just going to pray a little bit up here, is that cool? just came back from Paris and she was talking about uh, getting a ticket to avoid the lines ahead of time for the Eiffel Tower. She said the Eiffel Tower is the world's most visited place. The world's most visited place. So when you apply that to what you saw in his hand and his spirit, his healing and everything that he is covering this world. All right, so Father, we just thank you so much this morning. We welcome your presence here, Daddy God. And I am not ashamed to say Daddy God. I'm so tired of Christianity that is so formal and sterile. You are a good, good father, and you give good gifts to your children. You don't give your sons and daughters the crumbs from the table. You give them good gifts. So we just release that now. We say, release from your heavenly storehouse all that is needed this morning. As each one of your daughters in this room comes to your high tower, comes to the mountain of the Lord, the name of Jesus, we press into you, Jesus, and we say, let the glory and the power of your kingdom be released now. Let those waves of the blue and green, whatever that represents, let the healing power of heaven come because Jesus paid for it. Jesus, we thank you for you paying the highest price. We thank you that the cross was sufficient to remove our sin, to remove our sickness, and to remove demonic interference. So we break that thing now. We bind that thing now in Jesus' name, and we command it to go, and we command the healing that was paid for to come. We thank you, Jesus, that you're releasing it now, and we just pull it in from heaven into earth. We just breathe it over you now. We release it now. Let the kingdom of heaven come. Let healing come in the name of Jesus, the name of Yeshua, our great high priest. We declare the power of his blood over your heart, over your mind, over your body, and your strength. Let your entire being be sanctified through and through. Just as I took communion earlier and I, I drank that cup and I realized the blood of Jesus sanctifies you on the inside. It cleanses you on the inside. We receive you, Jesus, for what you paid for. We receive the power of your blood and the power of your broken body inside of us. We take you in because you are our healer. You are our healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As we read last night, uh, thankfulness, thanksgiving, it just stirs up the atmosphere for healing. So we just give thanks. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. Praise you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Lord. You know, we always, we're, I don't want to ever get into a habit of playing church. 
you know, just doing the, the hopping through the hoops and we do the program. And we need to always facilitate an atmosphere for healing and for encounter for the presence of God to come. We just want to create a space here for the Holy Spirit to come and move. And I would, would be so grieved if anyone ever left this room without having their need touched. If you came in here sick, you came in here broken, you came in here with something, some kind of need of encouragement, whatever, and we're all together as a body in a room, yet we don't take time to release his grace and his goodness over each other. I don't know how it, it doesn't happen, but for some reason it, it can get missed. We just get on with agendas and stuff. Everybody doing good? Awesome. Okay. Well, we're going to just pluck away at a little bit of this. Let's go all the way up to slide number one, Ethan, my son. Slide number one. Yeah, all the way to the top. So I put this quote on Facebook earlier as I, I like to do a little post for our church meeting and to try to get it on Friday, but sometimes it's Saturday. But I can tell people start looking at our Facebook page. I see the notifications that people were. They don't, it doesn't show me who. It just shows me people are checking. I'm like, wow, I should probably put something out there so they know we're still alive and we're still going to have a gathering. But I, I just... You know, I went to one of our, our LDP manuals. It was a schooling thing we did through Bethel. And under the subject of releasing the supernatural, basically, well, I, I titled this, I don't know what you'd even titled this little grouping of, of stuff that I pulled together. I called it revealing the heart of the Father because it is, it's what the Father's heart is, is for you and I to walk in the stuff that he's provided for. Um, but releasing the supernatural, releasing the presence of God is, is another way you could describe it. The heart of the Father is for you and I to become activated in, in understanding who we carry. Like the Bible says when you're a Christian, you are now in Christ, right? So it's important to really get it in, renew your thinking with that truth that I am in Christ. My life is now hidden in Christ in God. Okay, I'm completely wrapped up in him, as Graham Cook likes to say. Wrapped up. You are now the object of God's favor because he loves, the Father loves Jesus. And the Holy Spirit has wrapped you up in Jesus. And now you are the object of his favor. And not only is, are you in Christ, but he is now in you. Because the Holy Spirit has come to dwell in you. So you have the Spirit of God, the resurrection power of God living inside of you. So that is amazing just to, to renew your thinking to the point where, wow, I actually have a, I, I realize it. I'm carrying you everywhere I go. That's, that's pretty heavy duty revelation when you finally actually walk that out and, and it's like, man, I should be careful of the things that I so flippantly say. Um, obviously my family's thinking right now, yeah, you need to renew your thinking with that a little more. <laughs> be careful what you say. But this, this quote from Bill Johnson from that chapter of our book it started at the very top. It says, in the same way that Jesus revealed the Father's heart to Israel, truth, Jesus revealed the Father's heart to Israel. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So the church is to be a manifestation of the Father's heart to the world. What, you mean I, I don't just 
ask Jesus to come into my heart and wait for the rapture, and then I'm going to be in heaven and get a new body then, and sickness will be all over then, and all the, he'll wipe all my tears away, and then it'll be all good. The church is to be the manifestation of the Father's heart to the world. We are the carriers of his presence, doers of his will. Giving what we have received releases him into situations previously held in the grip of darkness. That's exactly what Jesus did. He walked into those places of darkness and he released the kingdom of heaven by the command. I rebuke that fever and the fever left. Little girl, wake up. And the dead girl woke up. Lazarus, come out of that grave. It is wild what Jesus did. Jesus Christ, he is perfect theology. He is the Father's heart revealed. Everything you've seen and learned and read about in Jesus' life reveals what God is like. So giving what we have received releases him into situations that were previously held in the grip of darkness. This is our responsibility and privilege. It's from When Heaven Invades Earth. We have copies of that book over there. It's a good book. If you've never read it, take one. If you want to pay for it, pay for it. If you don't, just take it. We don't have time to worry about that kind of stuff. Just get the stuff. Get it in you. Now, I'm not saying put that before the Bible, okay? There's biblical wisdom in that book, though. And there's apostolic revelation that's very powerful. So, let's move on here. Slide number two. We've got to read some scriptures. This is about you and I. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Renew your mind with that alone. You are a new creation. The old you is gone. And if, if the old you is trying to resurrect itself, you just need to reckon. I don't know what that word means. What does that mean? Reckon. Consider. Consider it dead. Oh, I just said something really ugly and I thought something really ugly. The Bible says, reckon it dead. That sinful nature, consider it dead. Okay, because I am a new creation in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. There's been a, a burial and a funeral. Behold, the new has come. There has come resurrection life inside of you. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's what it's all about. It's not all about getting people to stop their nasty habits, and then maybe they can get saved and come to church. It's important to deal with that stuff at some point, but you know, that's not what we're actually called to. The Holy Spirit is the sanctifier. The Word of God is the soap. So anyway, sorry, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. But we are to speak the truth in love, okay? We are to speak the truth. But that doesn't mean that we are to be the Holy Spirit or to be the scrub brush, the Brillo pad. I don't want to be a Brillo pad. I just want to be the soap dispenser. I'm getting all these weird pictures. Anyway, okay, Brillo pads. Do we need to clean something at home? Is there something on the back of my mind? <laughs> scrub that toilet. Wash your mouth out. Use some Listerine in there. Let's wash those dirty words out of your mouth. Okay. 
reconciliation. God, all this is from God, the Father, who through Christ Jesus, he reconciled us to himself. He, he brought you home. There is no barrier. There is no wall. The dividing wall has been broken down. You are now reconciled to God, and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That means it's pretty important to him to get people reconciled to himself. He wants his boys and girls to come home. He is a good, good father, and he wants them to know his goodness. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Bam! I just wanted to get... Ah, something passionate just rose up there. I think, I think God is probably tired of us being so afraid of other people's sin and wanting to punish sin. And you, Okay, I'm going to be honest. I know for myself, other people's sin bugs me. Like, I don't... I want to point out, I'm like, man, you are, you got that stuff going on. And I know I don't like to look at my own junk. I don't want to face my own sin. But Jesus told us, pull the freaking log out of your own eye before you pick a little tiny speck of sawdust out of somebody else's. That is, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I said freaking, that means freaking out, okay? But (laughs) I can edit that for the recording. We are not called to be splinter pickers. When you got one finger pointing, you got three pointing back at you. That is not what we've been called to. Yes, there is a time to confront. There is a time to speak into someone's life. But our main call is to be the ones that carry the message of reconciliation. God is not counting their trespasses against them. I need to get that in my thick skull because I count people's trespasses against them. I keep records of wrongs, and he doesn't. Yes, I try to get rid of them. Uh, yours is bigger than anyone in this room. <laughs> Talk about a stinky diaper. At least we know where the smell is coming from now. <laughs> oh, oh boy. She's going to put a diaper right over my head. She's going to smack me upside the head with that soggy, wet diaper. <laughs> okay let's move on or we're going to get nowhere but from maybe this is all we're supposed to get to today so if God is not wanting us to have a message of just going after everybody's dirt but he wants us to carry a message of reconciliation that he is no longer worried about your sin because Jesus paid the full price on the cross he took all of the sins of the whole world from Adam until the very last person, from birth till death, he carried the weight of the sin of every human being and bore our sins in his body on the cross. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that us who sin might become the righteousness of God. He wanted to give us the great exchange. He wanted to remove that shame off of all of our lives. He wanted to remove that barrier and put on you credit fully 100% inside out through and through the perfect golden royal righteousness of Christ it is yours as a free gift by faith so if it's by faith we just need to believe it and walk in it like stretch into it walk it out like explore it take it for yourself Okay, let's finish that verse at least. Not counting sins against them, 
entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, making God making his appeal through us. We implore you, we implore people on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him who to be, excuse me, I got to back up here, getting all tongue-tied. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's his, his heart is to make that clear to every boy and girl in this creation that I did this for you. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for you, that you could be free, that you could have righteousness credited to you. And so that no longer is he going to count their sins or trespasses against them. Yes, we, there's much more to the message, like, therefore, don't go live in the sin any longer. But we just need to get that part down first and get it really deep inside and then move on to how then shall we live? Because there is a way that we shall live. There is a life that is not a life of sin. It's a life of freedom. It's a life of revealing the heart of the Father, revealing Jesus through our lives. And we all know if he's that good to each one of us and we're so in love with him because of how good he is, we don't want to tarnish his name. We don't want to bring ill repute to the name of Jesus, the name above all names, the name that at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why would I want to defame that name and cause non-believers? Is that a feather floating in front of your head there? <laughs> anyway, I know, we're distracted by those signs that make you wonder. Or is it just someone's down jacket? It is summertime. I don't see down jackets in here. Anyway, yeah, it's just an angel probably. <laughs> Little uh, micro angel, is that? Nano, a nano angel. Anyway, okay, I'm being goofy, so... Didn't mean to distract you with that, but okay, so that's a really powerful mandate for us right here. I would hope that this scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it's verses 17 to 21, I believe. Is that what it is? 17 to 21, English Standard Version, because the Passion was way too long, it would have taken four slides just to get it in there. If we could just let this be that optometrist lens thing, does it look better this way? Or this way. Get this lens over your eyes. God, your papa, your daddy wants to reconcile people to himself. And he wants to put in your lips the message of reconciliation. That you would go to that person. Your guys' message was so good last week. So important because that is, that is a, a discipline that we need to have in place so that we can become the ambassadors. And if you didn't hear it, it was the message of simplifying, removing the distractions. Uh, I use the word being present, but it's, it's, it's about making space to hear God. Decluttering your busy life to the point of being able just to hear him. To slow down, to take time, to hear what the Father's saying. If we can get that space carved out, and we can take this lens and we can start making eye contact with the people that are right in front of us. The, the ministry that he has for you and me is the person right in front of you. 
And if your sister right next to you or in front of you, your brother doesn't really need your ministry, then look to the next person in the next and just work your way out. Because there's going to be somebody that needs hope. Somebody that's looking for a hope dealer. So let's look at slides three and four. I'm going to try to bust through just a little bit more. So I, I started out by saying, you know, that this is kind of part of that apostolic prophetic Christianity. This is just a little list of some things that, that help us to see what does it really look like to, to cultivate an apostolic prophetic culture or environment in our own personal lives and in the life of our church. So number one, and you could preach this for days and days, Worship and supernatural activity are the priorities. Worship. I know sometimes we're like, is this going to end? Is this song going to end? And I always love what Steve Backlund said. You know, God told him when he complained about the worship leader repeating the same thing over and over. And God told him, Steve, sometimes that's the only way I can get you to say it. So if you're feeling a little bit restless sometimes, just ask God, is, are you trying to tell me something? Am I struggling with saying something that you really want me to say? Anyway, worship, supernatural activity, those are, are our priorities in the environment and lifestyle of the saints because God's presence is the top priority. We want to be all about the presence of God. If he's not with us, I don't want to do this. If he's not showing up in his, in his beautiful glory, in our sweet times of worship together, I don't want to do this because I can get really into the presence of God alone in my car. And I would rather do that than waste time being somewhere where it's just like a dead-end roadblock where there's nothing happening. No, no spiritual activity at all. You, know? you don't sense the presence. The saints are sent as Jesus was, to destroy the works of the devil, including disease, sickness, and affliction. When we see disease and sickness and affliction before us, we have an opportunity. It's kind of like the making eye contact with the person in the store. Does it mean that you should just go gung-ho, every wheelchair-stricken person, and just, you know, out of your own flesh and zeal, be immature in your Christian walk and just you know, take a risk that maybe God doesn't want you to take. It's important to hear what he's saying. If we see somebody broken in front of us, it's an opportunity to ask him, Father, do you want me to, to reach to this person? Do you want me to encourage them? Maybe they're not going to get a you know, pop-up out of that wheelchair, but maybe, maybe he wants to have them have an encounter with his presence through you speaking his love to them, just like Amy shared with the guy, the, the old guy on the roundabouts. Yeah, that touched his life. You didn't, you know, speak to a sickness or anything. You just told him about the love of the Father and how overwhelming you were feeling it. And that brought an encounter to him. So the saints, that's us, just as Jesus are sent to destroy the works of the devil. That's another meaning of the word apostolic. It means sent ones. An apostle is a sent one. So we are not to just stay hiding back and waiting for the rapture. We are sent. We're the salt shakers. You got to get the salt shaker out there and start shaking it around and season 
season the planet with the goodness of God. Salt and fire. I like fire. Saints are sent, as Jesus was, to destroy the works of the devil, including disease, sickness, affliction. The saints live to demonstrate to all people on earth that God is always the good guy and the devil is always the bad guy. We need to convince ourselves of that. And when it's tempting to say, God, why did you do that? You know, there are so many mysteries. We don't know why God allows things. He doesn't always jump in the middle and put up a wall of protection that we would hope that would come up. It's a mystery. There's probably some people that have really wild revelation as to, you know, why things don't happen. But really, even that, I would say it's subjective and it's still mystery. But we need to be convinced of the goodness of God. And we need to be convinced that when there's, when there's the negative, the, the disease, the sickness, the affliction, Jesus is our model. He is our perfect example of theology. And we should be doing what he did. He didn't compromise with the devil. He didn't give in and say, well, yeah, that person deserves their sickness, so we'll just not heal them. He healed all who were sick. We're going to wrap this up. There's so much that we're not going to get to, but that's okay. So I had Acts chapter 2. That's all about the prophetic. See, there's a little bit about the prophetic because it's so important for us to know that God wants to speak to us. And being an apostolic, prophetic-based church means that we value the fact that God speaks to each one of us as individuals. And he wants to have an intimate relationship with you in that way where you get to hear his voice. Just as Marilyn shares, you know, and God told me this. And I was like, no, God, I don't want to do that. And, you know, there's a dialogue. He wants to speak to you that way. He knows how to talk to you. And I would encourage you, get your Bible, get your journal. And there are some journals coming, but I won't say that yet. Yeah, all the kids. Tammy had picked up some journals a while back for kids to start writing things down that they hear God say. This will be here next week, Savvy. Landon. Judah. Okay, anyway, time is ticking. And I don't want you guys to get sweaty backsides, so we're going to just wrap this up. But, but I, I want to just put a period on that statement. Being a prophetic people means learning how to hear the voice of God. And prophecy is to build up. It's to edify. There is a slide for that. We can throw that one up there real quick. Let's see where's that real fast. Well, I know it's First Corinthians. Boy, did I, maybe I didn't type it up. It's probably right in front of my eyes. but I'm, Oh, right there. Slide number six. We, you guys have seen this one before. The gift of prophecy is for the purpose of edifying, exhorting, and consoling. To build up, to call near, and to cheer up. God doesn't need you to call out people's junk. He doesn't need you to go up to someone and say, you know, I keep seeing a picture of you in front of a computer screen, and you're looking at all I see is skin, and I'm not going to tell you what it looks like, but... I feel like God's saying that you're struggling with pornography. And he says, stop it. (laughs) If the Spirit of God is all over you and he's telling you to go do that, pray about it and pray about it again and make sure. 
he may be showing you something or he may not be showing you something. And if he is showing you something, he might be wanting you to break that off through prayer, to intercede on that person's behalf. Donna Da Silva, who did that Sozo video training that we most of us watched, said in a message one time that her son would walk into the atmosphere of worship and he's like, Mom, can you feel it? There's so much sexual immorality here. And she encouraged him to take that and not be weighed down by what you're picking up in the spirit, but that is God's way of showing you what to break off, what to come against, that it could be a spirit that's trying to get on people. It may not even be them involved in a sin of that type necessarily. It could be a a sexual perverted spirit trying to get on people. We've all felt stuff when you walk around people and you go into public places, you sense things. And you can, you know, start looking around and get all sketchy with, you know, what are the guys looking at? Are they looking at my daughters? Are they looking at people, you know? Or we can be like, chill out for a second, okay? Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. I am an atmosphere shifter. Shift happens when I walk into a room because I carry the presence of God and I release his presence into the atmosphere. So when you feel those things, it's an opportunity to pray against it and to shift the opposite spirit because you are the most powerful person in the room in a room of darkness. The light shines brighter in a dark room than in a room full of light, right? And the darkness, or the, the light dispels the darkness. So anyway, I'm, I'm kind of going off in a, in a tangent here. Let's end with this, because this is good stuff. I really want you guys to have this before we go. And you can stand up for it, just because I know your backsides are sweaty. Don't look at the chair. I know there's probably a sweat mark there. It's gross, but don't worry about it. It'll dry. I saw a guy the other day <laughs> riding his bike, and I was like, oh, my gosh. He's one of my customers. It's just wet. I'm like, oh, dude. Anyway, I don't know why I'm telling you that. That hot weather, you know, and just exercise. You need to wear the proper clothing or people are going to look at you like, man, did you sit in a puddle of water? So we're going to look at slides 12 through 13 first. We're going to end this because this is about the healing. Okay, so this is some good stuff here. And if you, if you like see some of this stuff and you're like, man, I, I want to like take notes, but I don't have time to write it down. You know, when Vani was with us, bless her soul, you know, she, she's alive. Say it like that. God rest her. Bless Vani. She listens to our podcast. She's taking care of her mama still. She would actually turn around and take a screenshot sometimes. You take a picture if you need it, or you can ask us to pop it up again. And maybe it's not that good for you. I don't know, but I think it's good. Good enough that I felt I should share it with you. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm not trying to manipulate you into taking screenshots. How? Get your phone. <laughs> How, don't take a picture of me, then, I, then I'll be the one sweating up here. <clears throat> How can God choose not to heal someone when he already purchased their healing? Okay, first of all, you have to believe whether or not did he purchase, did he pay for all healing? Did the cross include healing? I mean, it's something, you, each of us have to wrestle with that. Either he did or he didn't. If he did, then, then we got to go forward with what this is saying. Was his blood enough for all sin or just certain sins? Can his blood take away any sin? 
Were the stripes he bore only for certain illnesses or certain seasons of time? When he bore stripes in his body, he made a payment for our miracle. He already decided to heal. You can't decide not to buy something after you've already purchased it or bought it. Let's go on to the next one. This is all Bill Johnson stuff because he's just got some good wisdom there. See, someone's taking pictures. (laughs) Better zoom in on it. You can get closer to it. Just walk right up. I'll help you with that if you need help. Jesus Christ is perfect theology. He is the will of God. You can't lower the standard of scripture to our level of experience, or in most cases, inexperience. It's a very uncomfortable realization, and not everyone can handle it. I'm just going to stop right there. Not everyone can handle this angle at believing about healing and God's will. Some people, are, they, because things have happened where people didn't get their healing, it causes a lot of confusion as to the nature of God why he allows things. We'll get to some of that. But, but if you're going to go there, it is an uncomfortable thing. You, it's not just easy breezy. Eh, God will heal it. Let me just lay for you and boom, you're going to get healed instantly just because I prayed. We know that there's work in it. And we're all in a process of, of learning how to walk in our power and authority that Jesus has given us. A lot of it has to do with faith. So it's a very uncomfortable realization. Not everyone can handle it. Most people create doctrine that you cannot find in the person of Jesus. He is the will of God. So we're going to look at some, a couple list, a few slides of things to help us deal with when we don't see healing right away, and then we're going to close in prayer. You guys good standing? If you want to sit, you can, but this helps us get to the end here. So, All right, come on, Ethan. Next slide, number 14. First of all, when you don't see healing happen right away, realize it's not God's fault, okay? He's not sitting on his hands. You didn't do something that made him so upset that he's just, it's not his fault. Learn from others. This is really key. Learn from others who see miracles. Have them pray for you. We went down to Reading to get hands laid on us for impartation because we want to see healing and miracles happen in our lives and in our ministry to people. If you don't know people who see miracles, find them. Books will help if the author has a miracle lifestyle. Don't try to learn from those who only have a theory of miracles. It's more than just doctrine and teaching and this, you know, slicing up the word of God and trying to read the Greek. And Anyway, next, number two. Do what Jesus told his disciples to do when he addressed the problem. Pray and fast, not just for a specific problem, but for a lifestyle anointing. I think it was Julia, I think you had said that Cedric had gone after that lifestyle anointing through prayer and fasting, if I remember right. That would be interesting to hear more about that, but some people have found that by going after a lifestyle for that anointing to be on your life, You've got to go after it through prayer and fasting, if necessary. Get the impartation from hands laid on you. Read books by people that have a lifestyle of that ministry. Pray and fast. Take risk, number four. Pray for people, not if it be thy will kind of prayer. 
in the thousands of people I've seen healed, I've never seen anyone healed from that kind of prayer. That's Bill Johnson talking. And he has a pretty powerful ministry for healing. It's hard to hurt someone's faith by praying for a miracle. You might be afraid that they're going to be crushed if the miracle doesn't happen if I pray for them. But not praying for a miracle gives them no chance for increased faith. This is what hurts faith. The real goal is to show people God's love. Faith grows in the display of God's love. His love is seen when people, excuse me, his love is seen when we show compassion and display God's power. So number one isn't just to get your hand on them to command the thing to be healed. It's to approach the person in front of you that God is highlighting and let his love fill you for them. I think it was uh, Lois, Lois de Floria. De Florio? De Floria? De Florio. He's a guy that uh, some of us have been exposed to. And he's, someone asked him, how do you come up with your message? He said, I just get a love for the people first. God just wants you to get his heart for the people. He wants to fill you with love and compassion for them. And then extend your hand and be that that conduit, that pipeline for his power. Number six, when God heals people, give him thanks and praise. Learn from it so it will happen again. Next, if someone isn't healed, realize the problem isn't God. Okay, seek him for the direction. This is, again, being prophetic, hearing God. God, what is going on? What do I need to do? Seek him for direction as well as personal breakthrough. Greater anointing for consistency and healing. Also, don't take it personal. What does the enemy want to do? Bring shame and condemnation and tell you that, see, you took a risk and you failed because you're not qualified the devil just wants to smear you with lies and keep you from trying to do it again because he knows if you start pressing in that direction you're going to see some breakthroughs don't take it personal there are other factors involved besides great faith that is only one element in the equation speaking of equations just learn to do your best to be faithful to his gospel and honor him for the results it's also not wise to blame the person who is sick. Okay, so put that in your notes. Make sure it's like right on the front of the person who you're looking at. Like already decide if nothing happens, I'm, they're not going to feel blamed. And I'm not going to blame God and I'm not going to blame myself. We're just going to step in faith and we're going to love them. And we're going to let him do what he wants to do in that moment. Okay, I think we have one more and then we're done. Is this the final one? Yay, everyone's like, finally. It's like 1 o'clock, 107, oh my gosh. Well, we just won't hang out and chat too long. We'll just eat those donuts and run. Number eight, there's a difference between a miracle and a healing. This is the one we read last night. Miracles happen in an instant. Healing happens over time. Now, you might be like, well, you know, I don't know if I've seen that in Scripture and Jesus' ministry. I'm not sure I'd have to look it up. This is just what Bill has shared. This is from his experience, a man who has a healing ministry, who has been partners with Randy Clark, who has an international healing ministry, and they've seen lots of healings happen through their ministry that, that God has, has blessed them with. And this is what they have to say. 
that miracles are often instant and healing is often over time. It's important to recognize the progress. Here's the key. Look for the progress. Did I see 10%, 20%, 50% of, did the pain alleviate? Did you feel something? Check with the person you're praying for. Don't just pray forever and then pray them to sleep or be, make them so anxious that will you just get the prayer over with? You know, maybe you need an Altoid or something and they're just like, get the prayer over with. I know, that's, but that could happen. How many of you have had someone pray for you and you're like, okay, I just want you to be done? Maybe they've been prayed for for that thing a thousand times and they don't want you to spend all day. Step out in faith, pray for their healing, and then step back and say, check it out. How does it feel? If, if you felt the presence of God moving, that's a good sign to say, okay, I'm sensing the presence of the Lord. You might feel heat or you might feel electricity or you might feel anything, but if you're feeling something, let me know now. And they're like, yeah, I actually feel something. And then you say, is it 10%, 20 50 How much better? And then when that happens, this is what he's saying. Recognize the progress of what God is doing in the person's body and start to give thanks. Like take that opportunity for they're recognizing, yeah, I'm actually, I still have pain, but it's like better. We start to give thanks because thankfulness is going to increase faith in that place. Where's my spot here on the screen? It's important to recognize the progress of what God is doing in a person's body and give thanks because healing increases in an atmosphere of thankfulness. I know that's a bit of keys, tools, helps. Just try to process it. Think about it this week. If God puts someone in front of you, don't try to be perfect at everything, but... But realize and know that the heart of God, the heart of the Father that you are in relationship with is to reconcile people to himself. He wants to pull people in to a relationship. He wants them to know that he is not going to be concerned for the rest of their life over their sin history, that he has made provision for that, and that he wants to demonstrate his love and his power by releasing his presence in their life in a way where they can come to know and encounter him and even know healing and a miracle or a sign. Those are the things, some of the scriptures I had, like you guys all know John 14, you know, Jesus said, you'll do the same works that I do. John, uh, Mark chapter 16, those who preach the gospel in my name will drive out demons, cleanse the lepers, uh, heal the sick, raise the dead, freely receive, freely give. It's all part of what he's, he's given us to do. I think it's this, this time he's just stirring us to pull up from our own personal things because we all have stuff we're facing. And just like the borough said last week, take time. Just take time. Make eye contact with the person in front of you. So let's pray. You guys good? Everybody good? You're like, yeah, you're going to shut up finally? All right. Naira's like, yeah. <laughs> all right. You guys are so gracious. Thank you for being so kind. Yeah, let's just give thanks. Just go ahead and thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this day, God. Thank you for this family. Thank you for giving us a place to come together and worship you. Thank you, Father, for what you're stirring in us, what you're, what you're releasing in our hearts. We just want to know you more. We just want to walk with you. We want to... We don't want a boring Christian life, God. We want to just know you and 
be in awe and wonder of your display of power and mercy and grace and transformation in and through our lives. We just want to see people healed and set free. We just long to see people that are broken filled with your spirit and hands raised high and in an awe of worship in your presence. Help us to see them the way you see them. Help us to see ourselves the way you see us. Help us to see our family members, our children, our co-workers, our neighbors. Help us to see prophetically what your dream is over them. And help us to pray into that and call it out in Jesus' name. Amen.